1: Hello and welcome to episode number six of the Life After Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player interviewing other former players about their Life After Hockey journeys and highlighting some of the cool things that they are creating, supporting, and doing. And this podcast would not be possible without the help and support of the Hockey Podcast Network, a network of individual podcasts that cover every single NHL market. Please find them online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. And before we get to this week's interview, I want to take a moment and thank last week's guest, Chad Brownlee, a Vancouver Canucks draft pick, Vancouver Canucks alumni, turned country music star and we talked about his journey in pro hockey in the nhl draft and his transition into the music industry as well as the idea of following your passion episode number five with chad brownlee go check it out and for updates on chad's music please go to chadbrownlee.com and find him on instagram and twitter at chad brownlee and that brings us to this week's guest, another former hockey player making a name for himself in the country music scene. And he is doing it with his four brothers. He's a former teammate of mine and someone that I have a lot of respect for. We talk about growing up in Shaunavin, Saskatchewan, life on the farm, playing hockey, playing music and even the agreement that they had with their mom and dad about hockey and music. So, without further ado, here is my interview with JJ Hunter. Enjoy. All right, here we go. My guest today was born in Shonovan, Saskatchewan. He played three seasons with the Kelowna Rockets and the PA Raiders in the WHL. He attended the Detroit Red Wings camp in 1999 and was part of the Edmonton Oilers organization from 2001 to 2006. During his pro career, he played with the Oilers system, with the Hamilton Bulldogs, the Toronto Roadrunners. That team moved to Edmonton, the Edmonton Roadrunners, the Toronto Marlies, the Manitoba Moose, as well as stops with the Toledo Storm and the Columbus Cottonmouths of the ECHL. He has four brothers that were also involved in hockey, three that played major junior and two that went on to play pro. After retiring from hockey, he and his brothers formed the Hunter Brothers Group in 2016. And since then, they've released two albums, Getaway and State of Mind. The song Lost was the lead single from their second album and was certified gold in Canada last year. And became the Hunters uh, Brothers' first ever number one single on Canadian country music radio. They've had six CCMa award nominations and recently two Jun- Juno nominations for Country Album of the Year and Breakthrough Group of the Year. He is one of the nicest and most genuine people I've ever met, and I'm proud to have been his teammate and. Thank you for doing this, and welcome, Mr. JJ Hunter. <laughs>
0: Bradley, thank you so much. What a what a pleasure it is for me to be on the show with you. And uh, I have nothing but positive memories of, of our time together. And I'm so thankful we can do this. I'm so thankful to to be able to stay in touch. Uh, you and I were talking just the other day that uh, once you're done the game of hockey, um, you sometimes, you almost kind of lose a, a little chunk of that identity that was part of who you were for so long. And uh, in these last number of years, we've been able to reconnect and and reconnect with a bunch of guys that we played with and against. And uh, so it's a real pleasure. Thanks for that that intro. That was uh, very kind of you, buddy.
1: It's and it's all true. Um, and, and really like you know, we we don't we don't communicate very often, but when we do, it just feels like I I've, we just feel like it feels to me that we've picked we pick up where we left off. And um and, and I mentioned your name last week. I did an interview with Chad Brownlee and oh, awesome. And uh and and then you've also played hockey with my brother Greg. And yes. you've played hockey with one of our best friends, uh, Jared Smith. That's and right. every single one of those people mentions what a genuine and kind person you are. So it's oh. not just me trying to be nice. It, it, it is, um, you know, th- wh- wh- the the energy that you give off. And and I want to yeah. mention, I haven't had the privilege of, of meeting your parents, but I've, I've heard the same things about them and, and just curious about um the influence that they've had on, on you um a, as you've been growing up and 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 becoming the man that you are
0: oh man well thank you that that really means a lot everything that you said there and uh yeah it's neat just going back to the connections that you mentioned that we have together and and even the fact of, of being able to pick up where we left off the the reality is we actually didn't play together for that long but we became close friends in a short am- amount of time and uh I think that's a testament to uh, just the fact that that um, you and I, our personalities hit it off. We were we connected on more than just the surface level stuff. I I, I remember meeting you the first day when I went into Toronto and uh, was uh, starting up with the Marlies. You were actually the first guy that came into the dressing room the day that I had arrived, and uh, and so in short order we we became good friends. And and you're exactly right. We pick up where we left off, and it's neat all those connections that you mentioned. And and the hockey world's a small world. You hear that all the time that uh it um hold on for one second buddy is it really loud can you hear them banging around in the background
1: a, a little bit but it, it it's all good it doesn't
0: bother you. okay i got kids uh, that are that are did you want to start again i'm no, sorry no, no we're going okay we're, we're going all we're,
1: right we're going and and it's all good and and you know e- even that like i'll tell you a story this is a true story yeah. from this morning um i was driving my kids to school yeah. And um, I, I have my my two little ones, eight, eight, eight-year-old Ethan and six-year-old Ellison. And yeah. w- we were listening to the country music station, and the song that came on the 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 radio was uh, "Silver Lining." And oh, man. and he said, w- w- without any kind of prompting, he said, "I love this song." And oh, you know, he's heard it a few times. We played in the truck a little bit, but. But that was his response when, when he when he heard that song. And what what I love about that song is the video that you guys did with it, because oh, the video um, has all of you uh, coming coming back from the road and and, and seeing your family. And there's so yeah. many family connections in that video. It's it's beautiful. If you, if yeah, if anyone hasn't um, seen it, go check it out. Um, I'm curious. It is how close is that to like the real scenes of you coming back from the road and 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 do your little girls even know what dad is really up to in, in playing all these big shows these days?
0: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that is reality for us with a with the young kids and children. And uh, you know, I think one thing that goes along with that is you realize real quick, you mentioned my parents and and we can talk about them in a minute, but you realize the sacrifice that all the parents made for each one of us that have raised children along the way. Um, because now having kids of my own the amount of things that they're involved in and just the intentionality that it takes to be involved in their lives. Uh, it really gives you a respect for, for what your parents did for you. And, and then, you know, mine are the same. I, I feel such a, such a blessing, but as far as, uh, as far as being on the road and, and with the kids, um, it, I have a picture. I'll have to send it to you at some point because we did a cross Canada tour with Paul Brandt, High Valley and Jess Moskaluk. And, um, we started out on the west coast and we started to work our way east and when we got to Lethbridge all the families joined us there in Lethbridge and it was the first show on the tour that they were there for and we finished our portion of the tour of the um of the concert that evening and came off stage and uh my three girls just ran and mm-hmm. embraced me in a big hug i have a picture my wife took of of the three of us or the four of us, but my three daughters and, and myself all hugging backstage um, in the in the rink in Lethbridge at the auditorium there. And uh, it was just a reminder of what we're doing it for. You know, there's a bigger reason. It's great to be on stage. It's wonderful to to be out on the road. And we've connected with so many great people along the way. There's so many friendships we have in the industry and then and then in businesses and, and just in, in general with people. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the song Silver Lining. What we really wanted to portray there was that uh, for us, as much as we love being on the road and interacting with others, the silver lining for us is when we get to come home and see our family and be with them. And they're, uh, they're such an integral part. I mean, it's huge. If, if we didn't have their support, um, you know, we wouldn't be doing this. My, uh, each of ours, my brothers and my, our wives have supported us since day one and, and um, made it work with us. You know, there's some days that aren't always easy when you're heading out on the road and, and uh, they've made some huge sacrifices and believed in what we're doing as well. And, and that's we wanted to portray in that in that video and it was embraced it was actually up for a ccma award it was nominated for for video of the year which was really special to us because we were portraying real life who we are and what really matters to us, and and it was accepted and and uh, embraced by the country world by our fans and by people, or and so that that really meant meant a lot to us, and uh, and you know having the, the little ones, it's kind of a funny thing. I was going to share this story too because it's a really funny thing because it's it's my four brothers and I in the band, and uh, and they know Uncle Dusty, Uncle Luke, Uncle Brock, and Uncle Ty, and they have a separate relationship with them when they come over or we go over to their place. They love all their own uncles but the hunter brothers are like the separate entity they they talk about the hunter brothers as a separate and even though they know we're all part of it it's like they've they've created this separating wall between it and they love the hunter brothers music and sometimes they pretend they put on the you know the plastic guitars and and get the you know the old the plastic saxophones and pretend to be uh, a band themselves and that's that's pretty rewarding for us as well
1: Love it. That's, that's the next generation right there. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, growing up in Shonovan, uh, I, I read or heard on an interview that your dad put you guys in hockey and your mom put you in music. And, you know, growing up in Shonovan, I know that you guys are involved in farming. Kind of a chicken and the egg kind of a question. Like, what <laughs> came first? Like farming, hockey or music?
0: Uh you know we've done them all basically as long as i can remember um yeah you mentioned mom and dad's agreement and and they they really supported each other well growing up uh you know for us boys um dad loved the athletics um he was a uh, he played hockey but he also figure skated he went to nationals and uh, his older brother jungle jim hunter was a downhill racer won a bronze medal in the 72 olympics and so athletics was a big part of my dad's family um the athletics not so much on mom's side, but she loved music. She sang in uh, choirs and she went to she went to Bible school and and had taken music there, and and so that was a big part of her family's life. Um, music wasn't void uh, in dad's family. Um, his his father, my grandfather. Uh, was self-taught in multiple instruments. In fact, I remember growing up on the farm, going to grandpa's house and and we'd go in for lunch and grandpa would finish his lunch and then jump on the piano and start playing the piano. He was a beautiful piano player and played saxophone. And um, But the agreement started, dad put us in hockey, mom put us in piano. And the agreement in our house was that um, mom and dad would support each other in the different endeavors. But I think mom had the upper hand because we weren't allowed to go out and play hockey until our piano was practiced. And that was the way uh, it was. Dad built us an outdoor rink. He actually built us an artificial ice rink just a few feet away from our house in a Quonset on the farm. Uh, found an ice plant in a from a neighboring town. It was actually from a curling rink and built that for us. Um, but we spent time doing both. and And what happened was there was a little gospel festival that started about 35 miles south of where we're at in Seanovan in the Frenchman Valley. And we got invited to sing as a, as a local group. And so my youngest brother, Ty, wasn't even born yet when it started and uh, we practiced and practiced and got our 15 minutes set up and ready and went and performed at that. And then that we did it the next year. And then from there, we got invited to this little festival and then this little school event and this little community thing. And it just kind of snowballed from there and uh, at the same time the hockey was progressing and so what would happen is we'd go away and when we got into junior and pro hockey we'd all leave and spend time playing on our respective teams throughout the winter and whenever we were done at the end of the year we'd come home help dad put the crop in the ground and then all these festivals throughout mostly western Canada but really all over would happen throughout the summer and so we were integrating farm work training throughout the weeks and then these music festivals on the weekend and we did this for years and years and years. So to answer your question, I don't know. Uh, the farm was always there. We were required to, you know, work on the farm from young, and um, but they all were kind of all together. That we were required to do all of them, and and um, and it, not just required. We really loved all of the the aspects of life, and and it made for a lot of busyness, but but we sure enjoyed it.
1: Hmm. I, I think farm work can be considered working out. Um, the and I'm sure the amount of hard mark you guys do that that can be considered uh training <laughs> as well. And I did I did hear about the ice box. Did um, you? Yeah. The, the ice box that you were talking about that your dad built. Yeah. Let's give some props to your brothers. Tell us about their careers, where they played, and and maybe um maybe some of the competitive or 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 supportive environments in the ice box as you guys were growing up
0: yeah um, boy, we have a lot of memories from uh, from playing hockey out on that rink. We, we got we would put lines down, paint the ice we, we would um, even put a center logo in it and, and the first we'd flood the rink you know in the fall and and we'd go out onto the ice. And I remember mum would come out, and she, we even have pictures of this. So this is, this is true story. She would get dressed up. We'd all be in our full gear and we'd sing the national anthem to kick off the season. And we have some big, you know, rumble out there. Um, as far as the teams were concerned, it was usually myself, and my fourth brother, Brock, because Ty was quite a bit younger than I was. So when we were young, uh, growing up playing hockey, um, he was he was quite a ways behind in age. And so then it was Dusty and Luke, my middle two brothers. And so it was usually Brock and I against Dusty and Luke. And then, of course, Dad would come out and, and join us. And and we had so many great memories. We had a lot of battles, too. Uh, the competitive juices would get flowing, I tell you, with with brothers playing hockey out on the rink. Um, but we have a lot of great memories. And uh I think, um, you know, just talking about the boys, um, Dusty was the next oldest in the family. And Dusty didn't have a lot of size. And, and at that point, you know, size was a... Was Kind of a big requirement a lot of times for hockey, and uh, but he was extremely skilled and had incredible ice vision. Um, he actually joined me for a camp one year out in Kelowna and, and played. We got to play some preseason games together in the WHL, which was a lot of fun. Um, he wound up playing in Melville uh, in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. He captained that team in Melville, and then uh, came out and came to our the American Hockey League camp in Toronto with the Roadrunners and made his way eventually to Oklahoma City in the Central League and down. Um, and he played, so he played in Oklahoma City and then in San Angelo, Texas, before he got uh, an eye injury, he took a goal stick in his eye and uh, lost most of the vision in his right eye and, and uh, had a number of surgeries and, and uh, eventually had to retire and come home to the farm. Uh, my next brother, Luke, Played five years in the Western Hockey League. He uh, he captained the Swift Current Broncos, and and Luke was a was a fantastic leader, and, and remains that way. He's an incredible encourager. Uh, a guy that really brings um, unity to people. I, I really feel that about him. Uh, what he, Luke was an excellent hockey player. He played in, in team western. he he was in uh, a good group with, the, you know the Braden Coburns and the Ryan Getzlaffs of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Fairs. Um, they were all good friends growing up and played summer hockey with and against each other. Uh, Braden Coburn was one of Luke's best friends. He, he was a second round draft pick into the uh, Western Hockey League and then played those five years in Swift Current. Um, he went to the University of Calgary for a year and then played a little bit of uh, pro. We went to um, Las Vegas and uh, then to Wichita and then made a decision to come home, uh, back home to the farm. Um, my youngest two brothers, Brock, played junior hockey in uh, Drumheller and then Fort McMurray and a little bit in Kindersley and uh, didn't go on and play pro, but uh, Brock was a really skilled defenseman Um, But uh, I think consistency maybe was a little bit of his issue. I think he'd tell you the same thing. Um, And then my youngest brother, Ty, he broke his femur when he was in midget. He was actually a real good player, Um, was a defensive defenseman. And and that's kind of the unique thing. We have three forwards, the oldest three are forwards, and then the next two are defensemen. And so uh, we had an offensive defenseman. We had a defensive defenseman. Ty didn't go on and play junior, but he had played rep hockey all the way up. And then uh, I think his passion lied more in the music and the creative world. uh, but the fun thing about it is when we all kind of made our way back to the farm, we ended up uh, playing senior hockey here in Shaunham for a number of years and made a number of provincial runs. And it was the first time that all five of us got to play all together on a team. Three forwards, two defensemen, and and that was a lot of fun. We I, I really cherished those days, um, even though it you know it didn't have the prestige of junior or pro hockey. Um, it was really enjoyable and playing for a small town, going to the provincials. Well, there was some some really good memories there as well.
1: That's great. That's you know starting starting your hockey careers in the ice box, playing all together, and then being able to finish playing hockey, playing senior hockey all together. That that sounds like a a perfect little story um your last season was with the manitoba moose in 06 07 yeah and tell us about the end of your career uh what that transition was like and maybe the challenges you faced when when you were uh, coming into your life after hockey
0: yeah that's a that's a that's a great question Brad, and and one that we could probably talk about for a long time, because I think, and, um, you know, with this being a podcast about like life after hockey, I think we probably have, um, although all our stories would be different, I'm sure there'd be threads of similarity that would run through um, each of our lives when you make that decision to retire or, or whether you're forced into retirement or whatever it is, you know, every story is different. But uh, because, Hockey was such a part of each of our lives for so long. I mean, you, you, as kids, you eat, you breathe, you sleep it. You you watch the NHL, you watch the playoffs, you watch the World Juniors. You you dream of of playing junior hockey. And like for us, the Swift Current Broncos were an hour away, and though I think the dream was always to play in the NHL. In some ways, the WHL was almost more tangible for us. You know, the Broncos would come down and help us in practice. Um, throughout the year, um, we would see them play numerous times throughout the year. And so they were in some ways because we knew those players in sometimes, you know, even personally, but, but, uh, in a more tangible way, they were almost more our heroes, um, and so, you know, we had I had that dream of playing the WHL and then of course of, of going and playing in the NHL and and so you you work towards this, you're practicing your your you know at that time summer hockey when I was young wasn't as big a thing, but it was starting. And so I've spent time playing summer hockey as well. And and so when all of a sudden you work so hard for so long and and you have Either your entire dream or, or part of your dream realized, and, and 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 it's such a part of your life. Then to all of a sudden take a step back from that, and then have that as no longer kind of a central focus, it does. It feels like there's a bit of a hole left, and and some of your identity is is kind of stripped away because that that is who you are, and in, in many ways is the hockey player, or, or you know and and so I think it is difficult um and for me specifically there were there were a bunch of aspects for it you mentioned my last year and that was actually the year that you and I played together because I started with the Toronto Marlies my contract had ended with Edmonton and um and uh, they had actually told me that because they didn't have a direct affiliate that year that I'd need to find a place to play and, and hopefully a year after that they'd resign me so it wasn't like the Edmonton had turned their back on me by any means they're very supportive of, of myself and I, I have a lot of appreciation for what Edmonton did for my career, but um, I didn't have a contract that year so I started in Toronto. As a just as a on a on a PTO with the Marlies, um, it became evident that um, certain decisions were being made by by the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, which was fine. I mean, I understood how that worked, that they needed guys that were in their system to to be played, and I was released from Toronto uh, without a place to play, and uh, and so already I was feeling a little bit lost to a degree. Then Craig Heisinger, I got a call from Craig Heisinger and the Manitoba Moose. And um and I have a lot of respect for that organization and and for Craig Heisinger and Mark Chipman and, and that whole group now with the Winnipeg Jets um, they they were very upfront with me. they said we we believe in you as a player. we I played in Edmonton system, we were in that same division, and so we played a lot of games in and against Manitoba. and uh, they they knew the reason why they wanted to bring me in. they they told me those reasons. they wanted me to fill a certain role as a, as a veteran guy and. And so that was very clear. I came in and had just a wonderful year. I, I loved playing in Manitoba. Um, they treated me very well. We had an excellent team. Uh, we we lost in the second round of the playoffs, the Calder Cup playoffs that year, to Hamilton, who wound up winning the Calder Cup that year. Carey Price had joined the team for the playoffs. And, uh, and uh, it I know, I know everybody's got their story, but he stood on his head against us and and uh, really stymied what we felt was a was a fantastic team. I think we finished just a, a point or two out of first in that whole conference that year, and um, so at the end of the year, um, just had great teammates in line with Mike Keen, uh, get to, got to witness his experience and and uh, and learned a lot from him and, and really enjoyed my time there. But I was faced with this decision. Um, there were things that were starting to happen on the music front and we had never really committed ourselves to say, you know, I wonder if we work really hard at the music, what opportunities there will be. And, uh, it had always been kind of more of a hockey focus. And, uh, and so my brothers and I made a bunch of, we had a lot of conversations that summer and, uh, you know, faith is part of my life. I, I'd been praying a lot about what I should do and how that should look and what life should look like. And finally made the decision to, retire from the game of hockey, come back to the farm and really kind of dig in on the music front. And so um, it was hard. I, I got calls from from the Manitoba Moose the next year. Zinger called me. I had calls from uh, the Edmonton Oilers organization for, I think, two years after that, asking if I'd come back. And then I had opportunities overseas. I'd always thought, you know, I'll go and play overseas as well at some point And then I hadn't made that, you know, that, uh, that a reality. And so all those things interwoven, it was really difficult to to say, no, I'm going to step away from this and move into this. The one good thing for me is I think because of the music, there was another Avenue for me to really throw myself into. And, and there's some really, and we could talk about this. This is a, this is another Avenue of, of, the similarities between live shows and performing like that and, and playing on the ice and and what that is live, you know, that's a whole other dynamic that I didn't really expect, but, uh, that I came to realize. Um, but in that, it was still really hard, and uh, in fact, there's still times where I, you know, it's like, oh, I, I just want to go play hockey because you and you miss the relationships, you know, you relish, you miss the guys and and the stories and and the time on the bus and and uh, that competitive, you know, time on the on the ice as well and working. I think one of the things that I love so much about the game of hockey is having a collective goal together and. Everybody, when we're whether you're at practice or you're on the road going to a game, you're working towards something together collectively. And I love the team aspect of of the game of hockey, where you got and the most successful teams were the were the teams that were the most unified in in moving towards those goals collectively. And and uh, and that's something that I really missed as well.
1: There's so many pieces to that I could, that I could take from that. Like starting with. The, you know having conversations uh, on a podcast that's life after hockey some similar threads are starting to emerge and and mm-hmm. one of one of which is the identity piece having to yeah. shift from uh doing one thing that you've done all your life and and you kind of see yourself as a hockey player uh, yeah. i've i've experienced that um and 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 then the other piece is is you know finding your passion after hockey, finding mm-hmm. something else that you're passionate about. Yeah. Finding something that you're interested in. Um, you know, I, I love that you guys have been involved with, with uh, since, since a young age. And, you know, there was still a time like y- you retired in, in 06 and the Hunter brothers from, from what I uh, researched didn't start till 2016. So there's still mm-hmm. a of time that you're yeah. kind of putting the pieces together and, and, uh, and uh, you know, some guys have more of a, a seamless uh, transition, and there's a lot of stories. You know, that guys are trying different things, um, and, and and until they find the thing that that they really are passionate about. And I and I, I know your your love of music, um, and and even what you mentioned at the end of, you know, just missing missing the camaraderie, missing the guys, and and missing. Moving towards a collective goal, and yeah, I guess in some ways, you 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 have a group with you still. You have your family, you have your brothers. Yeah. Um, what what are the kind of collective goals for the Hunter Brothers? How do you guys, um, you know, what what are your what are your aspirations as as uh, as a group, as a family, and and you know, looking towards the future?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and and um, I think it's so important to to know what those goals are, and in, in whatever it is that you're moving in in life, and business, and hockey, and music, and it's something that we've talked about a lot. Um, I think with where we're at in life, um, we do find that sometimes they're shifting. With, with hockey, it was fairly. It was fairly concrete, I guess. Um, there were the individual goals of of desiring to take the game to the highest level possible. You know, for most of us, that was that was probably the NHL. Um, you know, there's always goals, individual goals within that of of you know maybe where you wanted to push yourself from an offensive perspective or or a defensive whatever, depending on what your role was. Um, but it was fairly concrete in the sense that. I wanted to continue to get better because I wanted to make the NHL. That, that was kind of a goal of mine. Um, and then internally with the team, we wanted to make the playoffs. We wanted to win a championship in whatever league we were we were uh, playing in. And so those were in some ways fairly concrete. Excuse me. I think there were the individual goals then that that you could work towards with the music right now, with where we're at, because we do have families, because we are – married and there's then there's um needing to make a living for for uh you know your family and and what does it look like you know when we when I first came home from playing hockey none of us were married um and so um you mentioned that that gap of time between when I retired from hockey and when we actually signed with our our label and and our management company—that's uh, a—that's a long story of, of ups and downs and and uh, you know a road that we had a lot of learning experiences, um, a lot of growth, um, you know, some things that you you wouldn't wish on anybody really. And then you got a lot of great things too that that kind of helped move you in this direction. But you know, when we first started doing music after retiring, um, life looked a lot different. And so you could pursue it, you know, in a a certain way, whereas now with kids, um, there's certain things that we, that we know that we can't do, uh, just because we know that we want to be present for our, for our kids and for our wives and for our family. And so we do find that, that those goals, uh, we have to continue to revisit them and continue to shift. But as far as what we're wanting to do, I think one of the things, um, for us that is really important is putting out music that, um, that coincides with, I guess what we believe in and who we are as, as family guys. And, uh, and we talked about silver lining. Uh, our latest single was hard dirt and, and, uh, mm-hmm. it metaphorically spoke to, you know, our farming roots, you know, it's talking about, you know, plants growing or trees or whatever it is growing in, in hard soil. But the bigger picture of that, really, we wanted to apply. uh, It it was an application for us, but hopefully to everybody, regardless of what walk of life you're in, is that the sense that uh, you know there's a line in the in the course that says struggle makes you stronger, and and that that aspect um, of the hard things in life make us who we are, but also present opportunities for growth. And how are you going to um, meet those challenges or those, those hard things? And what are you going to allow that to impart to you? Is that going to take you down a road of, of bitterness or hardship? And is it going to continue that way? Or are we going to try and, and change the direction say, okay, how can we make this for good and find the silver linings in, in what life is is throwing at me? And I think with that, the other message that we wanted to throw with that was, was the idea of hope. You know, this last year, 2020 has been a hard year for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, And I'm sure if we talk to people from one end of the nation to the other, we could find many, many different reasons why it's been a hard year. But that hope for something better on the other side and the growth that has taken place during the, the difficulty um, are, are really key themes that, you know, are things that we want to share with our music. They're things that we want to say. And so that's something that we're continuing to revisit. And it doesn't always have to be that. There's uh, We've we've released some songs. Those are the Nights was just, hey... There's a lot of things to celebrate. There's a lot of reasons to be positive and happy. And how can we just enjoy this this evening and, and what we're doing and the people that we're around. And and so it, not every song has to have a message. But I think for us, one thing that we have continued to return back to is what are we saying in our music and uh, how are we going to portray that? And, and that's important to us. Um, I think that. For us, there's goals as well as far as our live performance and opportunities, you know, we've been able to achieve some of those. One of the things that uh, I had always said when I returned back from playing uh, hockey was how cool it'd be to go back to those stadiums that I played hockey in. Mm -hmm. Now, with a concert, you know, a guitar on my back as opposed to you know, a hockey stick in my hands. And uh, when we did the the Cross Canada tour with Paul Brandt, that was something that was really neat. Going back to the Saddledome in Calgary, my first I played a couple of preseason games in the NHL. My first one ever was in was with the Oilers against the flames in the Saddledome and getting to be back in that arena. Um, but doing a concert as opposed to playing a hockey game was pretty special. And back to the MTS center in Winnipeg, where I played with the moose to finish out my career, you know, those are goals that we, you know, little things that I had had on my radar that I'm thankful we've been able to check off, but most of them aren't, you know, we want to win this award or do this thing. Most of it is, is bigger, um, lifestyle things that we really want to implement in and through our music.
1: I I think I saw some some cool pictures of you actually wearing some of your old jerseys in some stadiums. I thought that was so cool. Thanks, such uh, such such great uh, pictures to have. Um, And and just I'm glad you mentioned hard dirt because it is a it is a beautiful um, video, beautiful messages in there. And just before we just leave this subject, you you mentioned hard dirt. You mentioned the time between retiring from hockey to uh, signing. Uh, with your label um, and and even as a hockey player to, to get to some of the highest levels. I'm just curious what, what JJ Hunter thinks, what, why, why was JJ Hunter successful? What are some of the things that has made, because you've had success in hockey success with music. What are some of the things that make JJ Hunter successful?
0: Huh. Well, thanks, Brad. I, 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 um... It's always sometimes it's sometimes hard to answer those questions and, and uh, because I you know you never want to you never want to dwell too long on on the things of your past but at the same time I think one of the things that was implemented in our lives right from a from a young age um, was was a work ethic I think that was something that we uh, um, our parents instilled in us. And, um, and, you know, dad had always said, you you know, you can't expect someone else to go out and do the work for you. Um, at some point you have to, you know, strap on your boots and get outside and, and make something happen. And, and, uh, and I think whether it's business or hockey or music or, or life, um, nobody's going to work harder for something, um, that you're going after than yourself and you can't you can't expect that someone else is just going to throw open the doors for you and that's not really how life works and so I think for myself as, as a hockey player specifically I wasn't drafted into the WHL I wasn't drafted into the NHL um, you know the the path wasn't always clear in fact a lot of times most of the time it, it seemed more unclear than clear and um, I do feel that um uh, my uncle Jungle Jim Hunter was a fantastic trainer in Calgary and, and he he didn't he never wanted um you know if we were out on the farm and we didn't have a, a world class gym here on the farm, he said, that never let that stop you. You've got you've got chunks of iron in the shop that you can, you know, you can pick up. You've got, you've got rocks out in the field that you're picking. You've got, you know, you're sitting on a tractor for a bunch of hours. Hey, let's develop an ab program in the tractor, you know, never let those things hinder you. And so, um, you know, I had, I think from multiple angles, people that encouraged me to use whatever we had, um, at our disposal to to make the most of any opportunity. And so I think, um, through the hard training that we did and, uh, is, you know, when you are stepping on the ice all of a sudden at the WHL level, and then when you step on the ice for your first NHL training camp, um, it, there didn't seem to be any obstacle that, we hadn't already fought down in the sense that um, we had we had put in the work. We knew, you know, I knew that I had worked really hard, and that when fitness testing came, or when when we had to skate at the end of session at training camp, whatever it was that was th- being thrown at you, um, I know I can get through this. And so I think it was that belief in in saying I'm going to work as hard as anybody else and hopefully harder than anybody else so that uh whether it was at training camp or whether it was going in the corner to battle for a puck um there was a belief system that that I could I could you know I may not win every battle but I'm going to put up a, a good fight and and that was something I think for myself I think that as well as attention to detail I think that uh I wasn't the most skilled guy I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't on high on a lot of people's radar. So I needed to do a lot of little things well in order to try and be successful. And as I, you know, I think a lot of guys are are successful offensively at the young age. But then as you move up, you kind of have to redefine yourself and find, you know, where your niche is in the game. And and as I made it to the American League, I realized that, hey, I'm probably not gonna be a top six scoring forward. I'm gonna to have to do little things like win faceoffs and be able to kill penalties and, and get the puck out of my zone properly and and be reliable at, at all ends of the ice. And so those are things that I really tried. I tried to be a student of the game and and tried to learn and I tell you, I didn't do it all right all the time by any means. And they're looking back. There's a lot of things that I wish I could change now uh, about how I approach the game. And you know, there were things that I, I you know, I, I think I could have done better. But at the same time, um, at the time, those were some things that I really tried to to work hard and and be attentive to detail and uh, and be a student of whatever it is. And and then in music, it's the same thing. I mean, there's incredible musicians out there. We every time we go to Nashville, you see how many great singers and how many great guitars players and piano players and whatever it is and um you know there's there needs to be attention to what what we can do well and for us brothers we've tried to hone in on some of those things that we know that we can do uh, one of the things is singing together you know the vocal harmonies that's something that we love doing it's something that we can do together and and so we've tried to be attentive to those areas as well in in the different uh, you know arenas that we've been able to play in
1: so many, so many great takeaways from that. And you just mentioned your harmonies. Um, I love your, your silo singing yeah. that you guys do on social media. Um, and I have to ask this before I let you go. To uh, celebrate your Juno nominations, you guys did something pretty unique that I've never seen done before. You went out to the field and stacked five <laughs> pianos on top of each other. Whose idea was that, and and <laughs> was there any risk of it falling over?
0: Uh, yeah, it actually did eventually fall <laughs> over, but thankfully not to, not for quite a while. Um, yeah, I've got some crazy brothers. Um, that's one thing that is fun with with uh, doing it together as family. Uh, we grew up in the same home, same you know discipline instruction. Direction in, in many ways, you know, with mom and dad, and yet we're we're totally different. The five brothers, I mean, different skill sets, different thoughts, ideas, opinions, whatever, um, you know, even differences in taste of music and whatnot. Uh, but we've tried to lean into those differences as as areas that can make us stronger. And uh, you know, at times it can cause some conflict and some headbutting at times. But if we can communicate through that and try and find the the equilibrium that that we. We all can buy into then we really feel that that does help us out and and as far as some of these videos um you know ty i've kind of mentioned is is the creative one in many ways um dusty he loves the harmonies he does a lot of the arranging luke's just kind of steady eddie um he doesn't get in the way too much of anybody just kind of puts his head down and does whatever needs to be done uh brock is our mechanic but he's also he's got this unique blend of of uh, being able to work with his hands and do great things that way, but also he he has a creative side to his brain too. So we had had this other idea that that involved pianos. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll put it out at some point too, because we we have some pretty funny videos there as well. But we had we had this idea of uh, of doing something on a piano, but then Brock and Ty were talking. And he said, "Well, what if we put one piano on top of another?" Which turned into. Why don't we put five on top of each other? And so, what could go wrong? So we've got a little local chat forum on Facebook here in Shonovan. and, and so they threw uh, Ty threw something out there that said, "Hey, does anyone have any ex- you know some old pianos that they they you know don't care what happens to them?" And, uh, and so sure enough, we got, I forget how many responses they had, you know, within just a few minutes. And so we were driving around picking up these old pianos and, uh, started constructing. We took, I think our six hired guys on the farm and then the five of us, it took us about six hours to kind of construct this thing. There's actually, I saw it not too long ago. I'd forgotten about it, but we did a behind the scenes building on that. I think it's somewhere on YouTube, uh, of how we built it. So, um, yeah, we love coming up with those unique ideas and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't but yeah it was it it was a especially up top it wasn't it was a little freaky but we did have those those piano benches were secured down and you know screwed to the screwed to the wood and everything so uh it was safe fish
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) a little little sketchy at the top but you were at the bottom so i don't know pretty sketchy at the bottom too (laughs) Um, so i i mentioned i mentioned you guys have two juno nominations this past march you guys didn't get to attend because the event got canceled, postponed. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more Juno Award uh, shows in your future. And I look forward to that because I uh, don't think there's ever been five brothers on the same line in a Juno Cup. Um, <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that. And and I look forward to um, maybe the possibility of you guys adding a Juno Cup to your to your many accolades moving forward.
0: Oh, thanks, Lieber. Yeah, we um, yeah, we were really looking forward to playing in the Juno Cup. That was something that we were really excited about. We've got to do a few celebrity, um, you know, hockey events, and uh, we got to be part of Hockey Day in Canada uh, last year or, or two years ago. And uh, we've got to, you know, the door's kind of been opened up to – to revisit some of those hockey routes, which has been really fun. And uh, we were really looking forward to it with the Juno Cup. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but maybe somewhere down the road.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure down the road. I I really do appreciate your time. And where can people find the Hunter brothers uh, if they want to follow you guys?
0: Yeah, uh, we're on all the major, uh, all the social platforms on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and uh, TikTok, all those things. Uh, Hunterbrothers.com is our website. Um, you can find our music on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, all those things, um, uh, Google Play, and so uh, yeah, we've we've been very very fortunate to have a lot of support from a lot of people right around the nation and and really in a lot of different countries. We just got our uh spotify numbers and i think there is 87 or 89 countries um, that have at some point listened or supported our music and so that's really humbling for you know a bunch of farm boys that grew up in the middle of nowhere saskatchewan
1: yes you mentioned spotify christmas is coming is the playlist on spotify for those that see this on youtube you have a beautiful festive decorations behind you santa claus is coming to town and oh holy night are the songs that you guys have released? Um, conscious of the time, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's so great to see you, and uh, yeah, just just wish you and your brothers and the family all the best, and and uh, hopefully get to see you in person sometime soon.
0: Thanks so much, Brad. Really appreciate you as well, and uh, thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can do it again, and I agree, it'll be great to see you in person sometime soon.
1: All right, sounds good. Take care. Thanks, buddy there were many things that I enjoyed about that conversation and one of which was the conversation around the song hard dirt JJ had mentioned how hard things in life make us who we are and present opportunities for growth and Also knowing that hope exists on the other side of whatever circumstances you may be going through. At the end of his hockey career, he talked a little bit about how the Edmonton Oilers didn't have a dedicated minor league team at the time. And he bounced around a little bit between a couple teams. And that summer, things were kind of up in the air. And then he decided to lean into the opportunities that music was providing he found his hope on the other side of what his circumstances were presenting. His hope was through music. And even after choosing music, he was still getting calls from teams to come back and play and calls from Europe. And he and his brothers continued to lean into the opportunities that music was providing. And from all of their circumstances, things have seemed to have turned out pretty well for the brothers. I also just wanted to elaborate for those that don't know much about the Juno Cup. The Juno Music Awards in Canada has a hockey game that features NHL alumni called the NHL Greats, who compete against a team composed of the musicians, the Rockers. And since 2004, the Rockers have only won two times in the juno cup so i'm thinking if the hunter brothers keep creating great music and keep getting juno nominations and keep getting into these juno cup games the rockers could possibly have a dynasty on their hands a dynasty in the making i don't know we'll have to wait and see lastly please go check out at Hunter Bros on Instagram. And that's where you're gonna find the video of the five pianos stacked on, on top of each other and the behind the scenes footage as well. They also have some cool videos of the brothers singing in silos and playing on tractors. And they have all kinds of cool, fun posts there. Go check it out. And for all other updates on the hunter brothers go to hunterbrothers.com and check out the christmas is coming playlist on spotify featuring the newly released christmas songs santa claus is coming to town and oh holy night i want to thank today's guest jj hunter and i also want to thank you the listener i appreciate you tuning in and if you have enjoyed this podcast or have received any value, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening as it helps others to find the podcast. And if you have any thoughts, feedback, or requests, you can find and connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Brad And until next time, thanks again. I appreciate you. Keep going and enjoy. Your life. See you next time. I think that went very well.